Well, good evening, everybody. Evening. Welcome to Christ the King. If I don't have if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jesse. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I hope I get a chance after the service to meet you. If you're just visiting with us, also if you're just visiting with us today is a slightly different day because we're doing what we do once a quarter here at this church, which is to have a service that is more focused on prayer. Because it's very hard for us oftentimes, as much as we want to build the rhythm, it's hard oftentimes for us to slow down and to be quiet, not just as individuals, but as a group. And so one of the practices that we want to build into our common life together in the church is to enter into times of deliberate and intentional prayer together. And so because of that, I want to have a shorter message and more of a reflection message aiming for about 10 minutes, okay? Sounds good. And we're going to look at Psalm 42. And we're going to look at Psalm 42 today because we just finished up a series walking through the book of Jeremiah. And one of the things that we were looking at in the book of Jeremiah was to see how this man could come up against wall after wall after wall after wall and challenge after challenge after challenge in his life, working for God and yet remain faithful to God and not just remain faithful to God, but also keep a soft heart towards God and towards his people, as frustrating as they could be at times. And I think if we look at this psalm through the lens of Jeremiah, of what we just looked through, we can see that this psalm captures, I think, the posture that Jeremiah had towards God. And it was part of that posture that helped him walk long-term with God, despite frustration and challenge and wall and pain that he met up during his life. And for us, I know that all of us here, whether we're in a tough spot now or whether it's something that we're going through life and we will encounter a tough spot, all of us encounter deep and real challenges in our life. All of us have times where we feel like God may be distant. We might feel isolated from others and from God, whether that's going on right now or something that we will happen in our lives. It's a guarantee. All of us have these same challenges as we walk together in life. So I think this psalm is a perfect way for us to gather around what God calls us to do when we encounter these kind of challenges. Now, last week, Stephen gave us a beautiful image of God's enduring love in Jeremiah chapter 32. There's this verse in Jeremiah 32 where it says that God, with all his heart, loves his people. With all of his heart, he doesn't just wake up in the morning and tolerate his people. He doesn't begrudgingly go around and say, I guess I'll forgive you again. But the verse said that with all his heart, he sets his love on his people. And that's such a beautiful image of the God that we get to walk with every single day. But the other truth that Stephen brought up in that sermon last week was that even though God sets his enduring love on us, It doesn't mean that life is always going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we won't experience challenges in our life. We won't feel times of spiritual isolation. We won't feel times where we lose perspective of our walk together with God. It doesn't mean any of that will happen, but it does mean that God will walk with us through all things. And this is why I love the book of Psalms so much, because they don't just sugarcoat life for us. The book of Psalms don't rush us to a quick resolution to all of our problems or sort of brush our pain under the rug and tell us to put on a smile to walk together with God and just deal with it. But the Psalms actually embrace the pain 
and embrace the emotion, and they show us and they guide us how we can walk together with God. Not just in a rush to a resolution to our pain, but actually in our pain, in our challenges, in our discomforts, and in all of the things we encounter in our life together. This is what that psalm does. This is what the whole book of Psalms do. And this is especially what this book of, or this chapter, Psalm 42, does for us. It shows us someone that is wrestling with the tension of life and the goodness of God. And it shows someone who's crying out to God in the midst of their tension and their challenges. So some of the verses, and it starts out with saying this, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is my God? This is a psalm filled with tension and pain and even doubt. But on the other hand, this psalm also shows us someone that is responding to this tension and this doubt and this pain and crying out to God. And the way that he responds is are ways that I think can be helpful for us in our own lives, ways that we can walk along together with God. And when we encounter challenges and pain and suffering, movements that, that we can take on in our own lives to respond in the same way that the author does here in this psalm. So... Really quickly, as we walk through the psalm, Psalm 42, I want to reflect on a few movements that the author does, a few movements that we find in this psalm for how not only the psalmist responds to challenge and pain and suffering, but also ways that we can respond to challenge and pain and suffering in our lives and still retain a soft heart filled with faith towards God. So, first movement is this. The psalmist asks why quite a lot in this chapter. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Why are these things happening to me? Now for all of us as finite beings with limited scope, this question is a question that we can all ask. Why is this happening to me? Why is this situation the way it is? Or even if our life is looking good now, why do we look, we might watch the news or observe things that are going on around the world and say, why was I born in the U.S. in a place of relative peace and they were born there? Why is there suffering and pain around me? Why? These are honest questions. The good news is, is that God invites us to ask him why. He doesn't say it's wrong. It's in the scriptures. He says, ask me. God doesn't want us to linger in the why and wallow in the why, but he does invite us to come to him with our whole heart because in that we are showing intimacy and closeness together with God. He is our loving father that loves us with all his heart, as we heard in Jeremiah chapter 32. And he invites us to say, why? To come to him with what's going on in our heart and to offer it all to him. It's a sign of intimacy and closeness. So that's a movement we see through Psalm 42. Why? Why is this happening? And he goes in and he responds and then he says, why again? And so there's this sort of undulating wave motion. But why, God? Why? So in your life, if you find yourself asking why, 
why do the circumstances that you're going through or the challenges that you're hitting, know that God says, that's okay. I invite you to come to me with your whys. I invite you to come to me with your whys. Now this next movement, the psalmist doesn't just sit in the why. He completely embraces the why, but he doesn't stay there. And so if you look in verse 5, he turns from that point, and the psalmist starts to preach to himself. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Again, he's in the why. And why are you in turmoil within me? But then he starts to preach to himself, and he says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, I found this really uh, great quote by an older classical preacher named Martin Lloyd-Jones. Some of you might know the name. This is an oldie and a goodie. It's a classic phrase. He was preaching on this passage, and he said this about it. He says, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of preaching to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you in the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday, the problems of today, the pain that you're, the anxiety about tomorrow. Somebody is talking to you. Who is talking to you? Martin Lloyd-Jones says, yourself is talking to you. And he says um, in this psalm, he says, now this man's treatment in the psalm was this. Preach to thyself. Self, listen for a moment, for I will speak to you. Imagine I just said that in a very strong Welsh accent. That's how. The psalmist speaks to himself. He preaches to himself. And I think for all of us, our hearts and our minds sometimes feed us these things that just sort of pile on onto our isolation and our pain or our doubt. And this can especially happen if your mind is idle. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes if I'm just in the shower or driving or doing something where my mind is idle, sometimes these thoughts will come and they'll inundate and they'll sort of pile on to the whys and the pain and the challenges. And these are these things that Martin Lloyd-Jones was talking about, these thoughts that are just speaking to you. These, these other, yourself is speaking to you, but what he encourages you to do is to preach to yourself, just like what the psalmist does here, to speak back the truth, to remember God's goodness and to preach that to your own soul and to your own heart, hoping God, I will praise him, my salvation. Now, this is why we say it's great to meditate in God's word. It's not so that you can win a Bible quiz contest or show off in a Bible study or something. One of the biggest reasons to meditate and to marinate in God's word is that you're saturating your mind and your heart with these great truths. Jeremiah 32, God loves you with all of his heart. So you're taking a shower, you're driving, and you have this doubt coming in. You wonder if people love you or know you or see you. And this truth wells up that you can preach to yourself. God loves you with all of his heart. God has all sorts of truth that he invites us to merit it in and to know from his scriptures. And a big part of that is so that we can grab a hold of that truth and preach it back to ourselves as we experience these challenges. Hoping God, I will praise him, my salvation. Psalmist preaches to himself. Last thing I just want to point out, he leans into the body. Verse 4 says this, 
These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Now, part of being a part of the community of God, of the body of Christ, part of the benefit of that is that it means that we don't have to muster up this perfect piety and this perfect joy at all times and at all places in our life. We don't have to produce it in our own selves, but we actually have other people that are walking along with us that we can lean on together with. Love Peter's image. He says the church is like a bunch of stones that are piled onto each other in a way that creates a temple of God. And so the stones are supporting each other. And so while it's important that we all have individual faith and know God in our individual lives, a part of the gift of the body of Christ is that we can lean in on each other's faith, especially at times where we feel isolated, where we just aren't feeling it as much. We can lean into each other's faith. Now, there, if you look through the Psalms, you know, there's a lot of little italicized headings. So some might say, to the choir master. Or some might say, a psalm by the sons of Korah. And uh, this, that's what this psalm is, a psalm by the sons of Korah, who were a musical priest group. <laughs> so, well, they were sort of an order of priests during a time that sang and they would lead with worship. And I laugh at that because nobody wants me to be a musical priest, I promise you. But this was actually a song that, this, that the priest would lead people in. And so the mindset wasn't just, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? You can imagine it's not just an individual walking alone in the desert saying, why are you downcast, oh my soul? But it's a group of people, the throng of people in the congregation saying, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Hope in God, hope in God. My God and my salvation is people entering into the experience together, lifting each other up, acknowledging each other's pain. That's what this psalm is. It's meant to be sung in a corporate setting. This is the gift of walking in a body of faith. Now, it was interesting, uh, a few years ago uh, when I was in Cambodia, we had people from all different kinds of church and faith backgrounds come to worship together with us. And uh, one person at one point commented to me, I just love the liturgy, I love these, favorite, I love these different parts, but my favorite part of the liturgy, it was just really surprising to me, to them, they said, my favorite part of the liturgy is actually the creed. It's a time when we stand up and we say the creed together. Now, to me, it was interesting because for most people, they say, what's the first thing you want to cut in a liturgical service? A lot of people say, the creed, you know, we're just sort of talking. In fact, we're going to cut it today just because we're praying more, not because it's unimportant. But this person went on to say, you know, I've grown up in the faith, and I do have faith in God, but I have to admit there's been a lot of challenges with me and my faith lately. And there are times when I don't feel the songs. And there's times when Jesse preaches and it's not that good. And there's times when I come to church and I'm just not there to meet a bunch of people. But when I stand up and I say the creed with other people, I'm reminded that these are what, this is what faithful people have said throughout the centuries. That I'm leaning in on the faith once received and passed down by the apostles and the priests and the bishops and the church that has been faithful since the beginning of when Christ inaugurated the church. So for this person, their favorite part of the whole worship service was the creed. And that's what he's saying here is that leaning in on the faith 
of God's people. That's what the psalmist does here, remembering the faith of God's people. Now, the final thing that I want to point out in the psalm is probably the most famous verse in the whole psalm. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, what makes this so crucial for us and so important is is that not only is the psalmist thirsting for a relief from their circumstances and their pain and deliverance from their enemies, but the psalmist, above all things, is thirsting for God. Above all things. Yes, Lord, please solve my problems. Yes, Lord, please give me relief from the stress and this pain. But above all, chiefly in this psalm, the psalmist, the people singing together, are thirsting for God himself. Thirsting for God above all things. And this is where we find ultimate freedom. Not that it's wrong to thirst for a change in our circumstances. In fact, let's pray together for God to change bad circumstances. But above all, the psalmist guides us into how we can have true peace and true freedom. And that is thirsting ultimately for God above all things. Because when we do that and we meet God in that special way, it helps us to exist beyond all circumstances, beyond all pain, beyond all joys and beyond all lows. We can exist together with God and we can realize that our life is wrapped up together with Christ and hidden together with him for all of eternity. And that is ultimately what gives us the deepest kind of freedom we can ever experience here in this life. Psalmist says, let's seek God and thirst for him above all else, everything else in life. So as we pray together, as we enter into a time now of some extended prayer, we are going to pray for God to help with circumstances. We are going to pray for God to move and to act, to draw people to himself. But above all, I would ask that we all pray.